Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Loose Lugs, presented by Double L Sports Network. I, again, am your host, Lauren Leach, and welcome back to Mark Allen, our co-host. Mark, how are you doing today, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, back in the saddle again. Uh, yeah, good to hear from you, man. Here we are. Yeah, it uh, was quite the weekend again. Um, glad you're feeling better. Glad we could connect this week, and uh, let's hop right into it. So we had the uh, truck series, the Xfinity series, and the cup series all at Las Vegas last week. We'll start with the Gander RV and Outdoors truck series. Uh, the poll went to Wisconsin native Johnny Sauter. And yeah, that was my, that was my pick for the race. Yeehaw, until I found out that Kyle was in there. So <laughs> I found that all later. Yeah, we both picked Johnny. I knew that Kyle was in there, but I thought uh, Kyle's got to be beat at some point. And uh, we were wrong this time, but uh, we'll see for the next. I'll get into uh, Kyle Busch a little later um, about the bounty and, and everything that's been placed on him and said about him this week. Um, Kyle dominated the race. Uh, stage one, he won that one, and stage two, and the race. But stage one, there was some great racing going on. Mark, what stood out to me was uh, – Christian Eckes in, in stage one, him and Kyle had a pretty good battle there. Um, Sheldon Creed came on in stage two, I believe, but you really had to be aggressive. And I, and I noticed the side drafting was absolutely huge. And it, I don't know if it had to do with the side force, but uh, those guys were quite aggressive all race long. Yeah, that was an aggressive race. I also noticed that early in the runs that the inside tire had such uh, tire wear on it. Um, so, but yeah, um, Sheldon Creed was very impressive um, racing uh, early in that race. Uh, he was actually giving Kyle Busch everything that he could handle. Yep, and uh, Kyle had a, a good battle with a couple of guys, Christian Eckes, we mentioned, which was his uh, his driver. So he was sitting behind Christian for a little bit, and uh, I bet you Christian had a had a good time with that and was out in front of his boss, and I'm sure Kyle enjoyed that. They touched on that in the broadcast, that uh, it's been a little while since they've seen that truck uh, run, you know, that well. And, uh, of course, Christian had an incident a little later on, but uh, very impressive. And I, and I know Kyle liked seeing his truck up front if he had to be losing to anyone. Yeah, Christian was, you know, following Kyle. Nothing like learning from the best, you know, from the boss. Yeah, and he was running second place until he had that issue and it ran into the wall. Yeah, the 38 truck mm. put kind of – he kind of followed him up there. And I don't know if he was on the outside – of Gilliland or not, Todd Gilliland was in that truck. I don't know if he was quite to the outside or not, or if he kind of followed him up there. But uh, Todd got close to the wall, and then Eckes uh, hit it pretty good, and then uh, the the tires go down, and he hits the wall going into turn three. Yeah, that's easy to do when you're following somebody, and they get real close to the wall, and if you just sweep out just a little bit far, you know, you can find yourself into the wall. I find that out on the simulator once in a while that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I think we uh, saw that last night uh, by someone, but uh, maybe we'll mention that a little later on. Yeah, we don't, you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <just> <laughs> uh, the other thing that you mentioned was the tire. Goodyear brought a, a different tire this week, a little softer. You know, with a lot of these, especially um, the Cup Series has a big change with uh, the down downforce and all that. So Goodyear brought, I thought, a great tire. Uh, you mentioned the wear. It did wear a little bit in all three series. You saw a little little cording, a little little more wear than usual. But I thought that's what brought on the great racing was you had to, you had to take care of them. And uh, for the first time in a long time, guys were good on the long run. Guys were good on the short run, and it it brought good racing. Yeah, especially when we got to the third uh, to the third stage. You know, then all of a sudden the racing got really tough. Uh, especially when Zane Smith, he went and he blocked Ben Rhodes. And I mean, he blocked him right off the backstretch onto the inside, uh, even caused some damage on the, uh, the right uh, front uh, headlight cover on Ben Rhodes. Uh, but they got that repaired and he still ended up getting the top five out of it, which was rather impressive. I would love to talk to Ben Rhodes about that and uh, ask him why he was so nice, because that was such an aggressive block that, he was on the apron and when he comes up, it causes damage. I mean, you don't want to wreck, you don't want to damage your truck, 
But when you get blocked that bad, I don't know what I, I thought. I thought he was very nice, and I thought he uh, he handled it well. But I think there's a lot of guys that wouldn't have uh, did it as good as he did. Well, you're not going to lift in that situation. I mean, you're going for it, you know, and he just kept driving him down and driving him down. Um, yeah, that could have been a major incident uh, if they didn't uh, get together. So, um, yeah, that was rather aggressive, especially that early in the third stage. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't real late, and I know you're fighting for everything at all times, but uh, you mentioned it was, it was very aggressive. But Zane had to do it. He had to do it at the same time, and uh, it ended up working okay for him at that point in the race. And uh, I guess uh, you live to race an- another day, and they go on from there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Sheldon Creed, you know, even in that third stage, how much that he stayed on the inside of Kyle Busch, and he ran him lap for lap. Um, you could actually see Kyle was slowly getting frustrated, doing more side drafting to get by him. Um, eventually, um, Sheldon Creed ended up touching the apron, and at Vegas, the apron is nobody's friend, and he actually lost it between three and four. Well, he just lost uh, just a little bit of handling there, so Kyle got in front of him. But that used up a lot of Sheldon's uh, um, equipment on that, trying to keep up there, and uh, that's why he faded later in that race. Yeah, you know, and um, the other thing that I I mentioned, speaking of loose, is the trucks got looser and looser as the the run went on, and uh, you saw some big saves uh, in the truck series, and – that maybe that goes back to the tire where the tire wear was, was there and the trucks, you, you had to take care of it. Otherwise you're out of control. Yeah, absolutely. And then Lassard, he touched the apron also and ended up taking end finger out with 44 laps to go. And yeah, was- uh, they piled, they, they hit the wall real hard. And when Lassard came off the wall, uh, Ty Majeski was right coming off the corner and uh, Lassard went across the track and Ty just turned left and they, they cut away and I thought Ty was going to get into him. Uh, I went to wanted my finger between their bumpers and I think Ty missed him, but uh, it was really close. Yep, you mentioned that. Um, I, I didn't see that as they cut away, but uh, glad that uh, wasn't a bigger incident. Uh, Ty could use some good luck and not, uh, not a big incident like the one he had at Daytona the week prior, so glad he escaped there. Um, you know, the other impressive people that I, or drivers that I watched was, uh, Tanner Gray. I thought he did a whale of a job. He had a couple of big saves. He was out of control. Um, and he comes over from the drag racing world. So for him to experience that and do as well as he did was quite impressive. Uh, Todd Gillen ran well, um, again, him and Eckes. I'm not sure if Eckes is not happy with them or not. I couldn't quite tell if he got to that outside or not, but he ran well. Um, and Thor Sport Racing, um, man, they had three trucks inside the top five, and uh, Enfinger was up there as well until he had his incident. Yeah, three out of the top five, you know. So Kyle won his seventh straight, and, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Sauter, he fell out of the top ten. He was back like 11th place, and he actually drove his way back up to get second place. So that was an impressive run with the adjustments that he got and got back up to second place. Absolutely. So speaking of uh, Wisconsin drivers, so you mentioned Johnny Sauter. He was both our picks. He finishes uh, in the second position. Ty Majeski comes home uh, P13. Natalie Decker was 21st. And Derek Krause, he had an incident early and late. He finishes in the 26th, 22nd position. And you can't forget uh, Balicki, too. You know, he's from Wisconsin also. He finished – he ended up getting out last because he had bad handling problems. You're right. He was in the truck race uh, this week. Uh, we don't want to forget about him. Um, he's usually in the Xfinity Series. He does run quite a bit of trucks, too, actually. But, uh, yep, so uh, Johnny was leading them all there, which was great to see. He was up front. Uh, Ty, he was up there for a while, too. It was exciting to see him. There was one point there were – I don't – I forget what driver had the driver cam this week, but all of a sudden you saw the truck kind of squeeze up in, in, in front of him and uh, Ty. So he he's learning. He's being aggressive. I, I love seeing that out of him. How about that uh, last five-lap battle for third place between Hill and Crafton? That was impressive and hard racing, and they did it. They did a good job, and Hill beat him back to the line. 
I uh, I didn't know if they were going to make it out of that because they were racing so hard at the end there, and you want to you want to take all you can get and take more and more. And uh, they put on a whale of a job, and and uh, man, that was that was exciting to see coming across the line too with Kyle dominating the race. Yeah, I I can see this truck series is going to be the series to watch. You know, uh, there was just so much action there, and there's so much talent. Um, I'm kind of bummed out there in the truck race on tonight. I'm I'm stuck watching the Bucks game here down in the, the racing man cave. So <laughs> that's kind of out of the ordinary, but that's what it is for tonight. And, yeah, we mentioned it on our earlier podcast that we're big fans of the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, and uh, they're showing why early on again. They're they're aggressive. It's close racing. It's uh, to me, it's it's some of the best racing all weekend long, and. Uh, you can't say more about it after the first two weeks. Yeah, something else I was going to look up today, you know, Thor, Thor Racing got busted, you know, uh, the 13, the 26, the 88, and the 98. They got busted for an oil tank reservoir aerodynamic mounting brackets. And I was actually going to, and I probably will later on, find out exactly um, um, what that is and how you make a bracket aerodynamic uh, but that cost 10 points for the team and the driver. And uh, I thought that was rather interesting. Yeah. And 10 points we've shown it uh, the last few years with this system can be absolutely huge and uh, you don't want to lose anything like that or, or mess around with the trucks. So uh, yep. Johnny Sauter's team, Tyler Ankrum's team, uh, the 88 of Matt Crafton and the 98 of Grant Enfinger, their teams, as you mentioned, lose 10 points in the owner standings and 10 points in the driver standings. So, um, boy, you hope that doesn't hurt uh, anyone, but it, it sure could. Oil tank reservoir mounting bracket. Now, I mean, you're digging pretty deep to find something like that as a penalty, and uh, that just blows my mind. I didn't know that you could make a, a bracket aerodynamic. So I'll be looking further, further into it or – maybe asking some of my racing friends if they know anything about that, but that's, that's one's a new one on me. Well, you know, they're digging into it, but it's great to say that NASCAR is digging into it because you want it to be as fair as possible and to find something like that and to dig into other stuff that you really haven't heard of before uh, just says how, how NASCAR wants to run. They want it to be uh, clean, clean racing. So um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yep. You want to hear about that. Um, speaking of penalties, the 99 of Ben Rhodes had a post-race penalty for a loose lug nut. Uh, so there's a there's a light penalty there. So all four of Thor Sport Racing, we just spoke about how well they did. All four of them also got penalized. Yeah, well, yeah, there's some lug nut problems that are out there. Um, I think it's just a small fine. Um, for one lug nut, uh, it gets more severe uh, the more loose nut lug nut you find. Um, so, uh, ending the truck series discussion here for, for a little bit until we get into the, after the race stuff, um, there was 15 lead changes between five drivers, Kyle times for 108 laps. Johnny Sauter led two times for seven laps. Sheldon Creed led eight laps. He led the race four times. Jordan Anderson led one time for one lap and Christian Eckes led the race twice for 10 laps. So, uh, Five drivers there, of course, uh, Kyle with 108 laps leading. Just uh, what can you say about that team and that driver? Yep, seven in a row with a seven-second lead uh, when he won the race. So, yeah, that was rather dominating. Yep, time of the race was one hour, 39 minutes, and 30 seconds. There were also five cautions for 25 laps. Now, speaking of Kyle Busch, some interesting things that happened after the race was there was a fan that tweeted out, um, that he, he was watching the truck series because of Kyle Busch, and now he watches regardless, which is great to hear. Uh, you want the fan base to grow. And uh, Kevin Harvick took notice of that and said, hey, let's have some fun with this. And he put a $50,000 bounty out there on Kyle Busch. Any cup regular that can go out there and beat him would take 50000 Now that caught the attention of Gander RV and Outdoor CEO Marcus Lamonis. He said, hey, Kevin, I'll match you. He puts out 50,000. So now it's up to a hundred thousand. And um, Kyle didn't take that real well at first. He was, uh, he did a press conference. It might've been even after the race or going into this week. 
and he was not happy with it. He thought it could be dangerous. Someone would try to take him out for the bounty. Um, and then also wanted to know what would happen if nobody beat him. Um, before we get into that, Mark, what was your first thoughts on Kevin Harvick and Marcus Limonis putting this bounty out there? Well, that's that's pretty uh, interesting, and that's going to get some people interested. And I got some breaking news on that, that it just was announced that Hallmar Friesen Racing has added $50,000 to any non-cup truck driver, and they've added to that bounty also. So that is breaking news that just was announced a few minutes ago. So now that bounty is up uh, um, substantially more. Um, it's sounding like uh, we got some drivers from the Cup Series that is actually uh, interested in getting in there. Yep. So we um, so Kyle mentions he doesn't like it. What happens if I win? And, um, you know, back in the day, you had Dick Trickle all the time having bounties on him, and they wouldn't get anything if they lost or anything like that. But times have changed, and, and Kyle has a point there. What happens if, if he wins them all? Because uh, I, I even agree with him. I think if you do – man, what do I get? You know, you put this money out there and this prize out there, but I don't get any of it if I complete the challenge um, better than the other guy. So Harvick stated that if nobody beats Bush, that his 50000 will go to Kyle and Samantha's uh, Bundle of Joy Fund. And for those that don't know about the Bundle of Joy Fund, it's um, I'm kind of getting emotional about it because just having a kid, um, you can go through some hard times and and not having one or not being able to, it, uh, it's um, really hard to understand and all that. And uh, so what the Bundle of Joy is, is they provide monetary grants for um, in-need couples struggling with infertility. Um, the funds assist with the costs associated with in vitro fertilization, or IVF, if you probably commonly heard it as, through the REACH Clinic of Charlotte. And they have awarded so far since this fund and started 54 grants for $721,500. That is awesome. I, I, I didn't know it was that much. So yeah, that's a good deal. And uh, 25 babies have been born and five are on the way. And the, and if you want, feel the need to, to donate to such a great cause, there's a lot of them out there. I never want to push one way or the other, but it's hard to, hard to beat this one. And it's uh, bundleofjoyfund.org. And if you've if you've have a child or you've struggled with it, maybe you can sign up to try to apply for this grant. But having a child, I mean, I can't imagine going through the struggles of not being able to have one. If that's your dream for your family, um, boy, it's 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 a great thing. And, and Samantha and Kyle, for people that don't know, the reason they started this is because they struggle themselves. And um, they have a show out there called Racing Wives, which some in the even the racing community kind of make fun of because it's more of the wives. But the guys are actually in there. I've watched every episode so far with my wife. And um, you can you can tell Samantha and Kyle Bush, actually, they lost their last uh, pregnancy. Um, Didn't work out. And to see the emotion that people go through. Um, we kind of had an experience with, with a struggle and, and a situation, but for those people that don't think they'll ever have babies, I mean, what can you say? That's so, so disheartening and so depressing, but, uh, there's a fund out here like this that is so great that can, that can assist you if you need it. Yeah. So yeah, good deal. So yeah, Kevin's going to put some money towards that. So that's thought to make Kyle like, uh, Hey, all right. So that'll give him some incentive to uh, race hard too. Yeah, and you, and you know, um, getting on a more positive note, I hadn't heard about the um, Helmar Freezing Racing. I looked just before we started this. I didn't see anything about it on the site that I checked, but there were drivers that said, what about us truck regulars? And the defense to that, which I, I've thought about the last few days, ever since I heard a few people say it, is, you know, the truck regulars, they're the people that need more of the money than the cup drivers, but they've also had seven times to beat Kyle Busch and haven't been able to do it. So this is just drawing attention to the truck series, which really needs it. And I think it's great that Kevin and Marcus put this up. And I think we'll have a couple of extra exciting weeks here. Yeah. You know, you, you got to do it fair and square. You can't take them out. You know, you've got to beat them fair and square. So, you know, if you want to beat them, there's where the bar is. That's where the bar is set. Make it happen. 
and uh, and it'd be a good accomplishment if you can do so. And I believe the next race is at Atlanta, and I believe that I'm hearing that Chase Elliott is going to be in that truck. Yep. So he's going to be Chase Elliott is going to take a truck from GMS. He'll be in uh, one of their vehicles at Atlanta and also at Kansas. Kyle Larson will be in one of their trucks at Homestead. So yeah, Kyle Busch already said today that he fears Kyle Larson at Homestead because, uh, well, Kyle Larson sure knows a way to get around Homestead. So the, the challenge could be very well accepted right there. Right. Yep. If, if Chase doesn't do it before, and actually there was some news about this that, that I saw today, there are rules regarding this and you do not have to win the race. You just have to beat Kyle Busch. So if Kyle has an incident or doesn't run well, well, there you go. You, you have it completed and you didn't even win the race. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. So I don't know how the Helmar Friesen deal works, but. Yeah, that, that was, just broke. Uh, that was broke on NASCAR.com, and that was just before we came on that I read that. So I throw that in there. So there's an extra fifty thousand in the kitty. I got the news straight from um, Bob Pockrass, who's a who's a great uh, guy in the sport that covers it, and and he said that. So um, if you get a chance, go check out him if you're interested in the rules and what he covers. Um, you know, the, the one thing I did see, uh, checking on things before we hopped on there, cause we did a lot of our research yesterday and the day before was there's a guy who's been in every single, um, truck race and he's, uh, he's the truck chief, tr- truck chief, easy to say, That's easy to uh, say huh? <laughs> yeah. for Kyle Bush motorsports. I think his name is Chris. I forget his last name and I apologize. I just, I just saw it on here. Um, and he, um, has been in every truck race. He's, he was a part of, um, Butch Miller's truck back in 1995. And he was part of Travis Quapple. Speaking of a Wisconsin guy, he was a part of his, um, championship series ride in 2003. Um, and his name is Chris Showalter and, uh, kind of, you know, when you think about it, you're like, man, he's been a part of every truck series, but. For someone like me growing up in, in the sport, the truck series was pretty much around for the whole time I've been a fan. They were started back in the early 90s. and But to think about it, he's been a part of every one. I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool, and I think it uh, ended up being 600 uh, races. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, the truck series has been around for 25 years. So, so yeah, that's uh, it's a long time to be in there from, from start to beginning. So. Yeah, um, and to be that successful, he did tires for Butch Miller's team back in 95 for his first two years. And then somehow he got hooked up with Travis Quapple and, and his ride. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool, pretty special. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yep, let's transition into the Xfinity series. Um, we had some weather issues uh, this weekend again. Hopefully none this weekend, although I've heard some questionable weather forecasts out there. Hopefully we'll get through it okay. Um, qualifying was rained out, so it was set by 2019 owner points primarily. There were some at the end where you get into different things, but primarily it was set by the 2019 owner points. Uh, stage one goes to Chase Briscoe. Um, stage one finished Saturday and then that's when the rains came and the rest was delayed until Sunday night after the cup series race. Um, Daniel Hemrick, the big news out of that, who was my pick, um, he goes out on Saturday, um, with the problem he hits, he pounds the wall. They thought they had a tire go down, but the tires looked up. So I'm, I didn't hear what exactly they found out, but, uh, it was a pretty hard hit for, for Daniel Hemrick. Well, it was 19 laps in, and uh, what they reported, the announcers said it was an inside, inside tire, you know, and then that would, that would go with, uh, with the inside uh, tire wear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I uh, looked all around, and the inner liners uh, were stayed up, so you don't know if it was flat or not. We didn't get a good angle to see how that would happen. But, so that's, that's a mystery of how that happened, so. Um, but your he pounded a wall, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a big incident. Um, your pick was Noah Gregson, he finished fourth, he had a pretty good day. Um, 
although he had an interesting incident with uh, with Myatt Snyder. Yeah, you uh, jerked the wheel uh, going down a straightaway, and uh, he took him out, and he even admitted later that he did take him out, that he had enough of being blocked. And on a high-speed racetrack, I thought that was uh, um, very interesting, and that could come back to haunt him someday um, for a payback. So, But uh, um, <laughs> even the announcers... Um, you know, I know you've got a comment about what was said about that, but uh, even the announcers even said that uh, that was on purpose. So uh, what's your take on that, Lauren? Yeah, it didn't look real good. He did jerk the, the wheel to right and now has, has admitted to it. Um, there's been a lot of people who have said a lot of things about it. I was listening to a little bit of the Dale Jr. download this week. He, of course, he owns the car driven by Noah. And he said, you know what, I've been there. I don't, you know, he's never going to condone it, but he's been there where he's done the same thing. And he said, that's just not the place to do it. If you're going to do it, do it in the corner where it's not so obvious. They were kind of, you know, joking a little bit about it, but, it, but you know, just don't. And then he also had the helmet cam on top of it. So yeah. <laughs> had a good, good shot of what was going on there. So that didn't help things. Um, but Austin Dillon was in the booth this week for the Xfinity Series. And Austin does a great job. He used to have, I don't know if he still has this, but he had a YouTube channel and they called it The Barn Life. And what a great series. It lets you into some of his life and his team. And um, check that out, even if it's old episodes, because it really lets you into to know about these guys. Because sometimes as a fan, you get, you just either you don't like them, you hear things or anything, and then you often see what they're going through or having in their life or what they're trying to do to promote the sport, and it makes you think a little bit different about them. I've always liked Austin. I think he's uh, he's a good driver. Um, so he was up in in the booth this week, and, of course, Richard Childress is his, is his pop-pop, his grandpa, and uh, he owns the ride for Myatt Snyder, and he, he wasn't happy about it in the booth, which I completely, completely understand. But I feel like when you're in the booth, and we, it's a hard line because you want the drivers to be as transparent as possible. But when you're up in the booth, I just feel like there's a point where, okay, you can say whatever you want to say about it, and then you have to kind of let it go when you're up in the booth and move on. And then if you want to say something about that on your own social media or in the media about it after, that's great. But I just felt like it, it came off as sour grapes as the race kind of got going again. And he made another comment, and I just thought up in the booth probably isn't the best way to handle that. But it's hard because you're in the moment. You have emotions about it. It's real emotions. It's your team. It's your grandfather who's riding it. Um, you don't like how it was done. And so it's it's back and forth. It's a hard line. But I just thought if he didn't make that last comment about it, it would have came off a little better. But you know what? He did, and uh, he has a right to not be happy about it. But uh, Michael Waltrip, he was on NASCAR Hub yesterday, and he even said that he could have did a better job on that, that he learned a lesson about that whole incident, and he didn't like the way that all came about over the air, too. So he had a comment that he wasn't, uh, that he learned from that, and he wants to try to do better next time on that incident and how he commented on that. Well, and that's the thing, too, you have to realize is is these things are happening uh, so fast. And I know this firsthand being an announcer myself. Things are happening so fast that they catch you off guard or they don't make you the most happy person. And it's whatever happens, happens. You learn from it. I'm a type of guy that thinks you can always get better. So uh, I'm not surprised to see someone or hear someone else say that. But uh, you know what? They, they all do a good job, and we want to see the drivers up in the booth. So if something like that happens – that's fine. You know, we, we have them up in the booth. They're supporting the sport that we all love. So I just wish that yeah. last comment wasn't made, but uh, you know what? It's happening so fast that sometimes uh, things happen. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Hey, what about that uh, Chastain save uh, with that in, um, in turn two when he had that car so sideways or that, um, you know, Christopher Bell, they showed that during the cup race of how loose he was, but that Chastain save, I mean, oh, my God, uh, I wonder if he runs his watermelon truck that loose. Uh, <laughs> that was the save of the year right there. I've never seen a car so sideways, and he saved that. What a wheel man on that one. Well, and we just talked about big saves for the uh, truck series, but, yeah, Chastain, man, that that car almost got to 90 degrees, it looked like. And 
he saved it, and and that just shows the wheel man that he is. But uh, man, that uh, I would have been quite nervous driving that car after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he burned the tires right off of it. He still finished with a top ten out of it. But yeah, so far this year, I'll I'll mark that up as a save of the year right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were some big saves all, all weekend, and, and we talked about the tire a little bit. I think that contributes to it as well. Yeah, that helps. Helps a lot. So, hey, how about them two Fords? There are only two Fords in the whole field, and they got one, two finish. And, yeah. uh, you know, Chase Briscoe just dominated that race. Um, yeah, he was, he was the dominator. Stage two went to Justin Allgaier. And then uh, Chase Briscoe wins the race. And you just mentioned the two Fords in the field getting a uh, one-two finish. Um, but, you know, there were some uh, other drivers that caught my my eye. Ryan Sieg ran extremely well, and he finishes third. Um, boy, that's just such a great thing for a small team to finish that high, and we've seen it um, the first two weeks of the year. There's been small teams that have been finishing better, and, and they're getting better, and that was that was great to see. And did he go home with a set of tires because they – they said that they were going to win that all right, and they were off sequence with us with a set of tires. And I don't know if they ever got a chance to put those tires on at the end of the race because if they would have, if the caution would have fell right, uh, they would have won that race. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, um, but boy, what a what a drive by by him and that team. Um, the other people that impressed me was Harrison Burton. He comes home fifth. He's in great equipment, but. He's still learning, so he's had a had a couple of good weeks there. Um, Cindric, he finished second. We just mentioned him. Justin Allgaier, he won stage two. He finishes eighth. Uh, Ross Chastain, um, after the debacle that they kind of had the first week there, he's back in um, in the ten car with uh, colleague racing, and they finish tenth. So I thought that was impressive dealing with the adversity that they had to deal with uh, last week to come back and, and race and finish well. That was good. And then Jesse Little, you know, he finished 14th, which doesn't sound all that well, but he got some good TV time. And uh, I, I've been really trying to watch him coming through because he's the little man in the truck series, and now he's with JD Motorsports, which is an average team in, in the Xfinity series. And it's nice to see him get some TV time and, and see where his career goes. Yeah, I was watching Michael and Nett, and they said uh, his uh, water temperature was over 290 with 10 to go, and they were looking for hot dog wrappers or anything on the grill. And he ran that thing right to the end. It's either blow her up or finish, and he finished her with a hot car, and he got a seventh out of it. So that was impressive, too. Yeah, he had a great day, and it's nice to see him have uh, him have some good days. He's, of course, a veteran in, in the racing community, and um, nice to see him do well with junior motorsports and, and, uh, he's a guy we got our eye on too. He won Daytona last year and got into the playoffs. So we'll see there, you know, we talked about it earlier. Um, there's a lot of shifting around with these drivers and teams every off season in the Xfinity series. So it's, uh, it's been exciting first two weeks. Yeah. Just get the right combination and you'll see what happens. So, yeah. all right, let's go to the cup series, everybody. Well, actually let's finish with the, with the Xfinity Great. series here. Uh, 17 lead changes between seven drivers. Chase Briscoe led five times for 89 laps. The 22 of Austin Sindrick led five times for 39 laps. Ryan Sieg led one time for one lap. Um, Noah Gregson led one time for two laps. Justin Allgaier led 63 laps. He led the race three times. Ray Black Jr. led for two laps one time. And the uh, 08 also led one time for, for four laps there. That's Joe Graff Jr., the race had five cautions for 28 laps. The time of the race was two hours, 19 minutes, and 44 seconds. And speaking of Harrison Burton, he had a post-race penalty for a loose lug nut. So they had a small penalty there, fine. Um, They're and, everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah, speaking of loose lugs, right? <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yep. Um, so going on to Auto Club with the Xfinity Series, the defending champion of the race was the double zero of Cole Custer. He is not in the race this weekend. I did not see any cup drivers on the entry list as of February 25th, so just a few days ago. Um, Mark, who are you going with? Uh, for the Well, I'll tell you what. If, if uh, Briscoe was that fast at Vegas, uh, let's, see him, uh, let's see him catch him uh, this, uh, tomorrow uh, 
Saturday's race. I, I'll take uh, Briscoe to dominate again. Yeah, and that's a that's a pick that I could easily see happen there with uh, the Fords doing well and him doing so well last week that they go to Auto Club, and I could easily see him dominating the race. I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. I think being a veteran of all three series will help him at a track like this. Um, so I'm going with Ross Chastain, probably a little bit of a sleeper pick there, not a powerhouse, but I think he'll perform well. Um, the uh, top five in, in last practice this afternoon, Harrison Burton was fastest with Noah Gregson was second. Cendric was third. Briscoe was fourth and Brandon Jones was fifth. Hmm. That's a good top five there. So that's good to know. I was going to look into that as well. So good work there, Mark. Um, some interesting news coming for the Xfinity series. Kyle Busch announced that he'll race five races for Joe Gibbs racing in the number 54 um, sponsored by Mars. Um, so that will be uh, March 7th at Phoenix in a Twix car, uh, May 23rd at Charlotte, also in the Twix car, um, June 20th in a Starburst car at Chicagoland. July 18th at New Hampshire in a Starburst car and August 15th at Watkins Glen in a combos car. So uh, not surprised to see that he'll be racing uh, the five races that they allow. Yeah. With Gibbs. So uh, <laughs> he'll be the favorite for all five of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe they'll have to put a bounty on him at the end of it in the Xfinity series as well. You never, yeah, you never <laughs> know. Maybe the bounties <laughs> might just go, go that way too, you know, so he, he'll be the guy to beat. Yeah, because, you know, with the bounty, there was a lot of Xfinity Series drivers saying that they should be allowed to be a part of it, too. So um, that bounty's got everyone up in arms lately, which is uh, which is great to see, because anytime you're talking about racing and the news is is great. Um, yep, the, other news, the other news that came out of it was Anderson's Maple Syrup. There's a Wisconsin company to sponsor Anthony Alfredo in the number 21 Richard Childress racing ride. So uh, Myatt Snyder's switching between rides. Anthony Alfredo gets it a few times in 2020 and Anderson's maple syrup will sponsor him. Yeah. I saw the car during practice. They always have some great paint schemes, don't they? Yep. Yep. It's a sharp looking car. Yeah. And Alex Prunty, he carries it around the state around here too. And that's a sharp looking car. Uh, Dennis Prunty. Dennis Prunty. Yes. Dennis Prunty. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of Prunties racing and a lot of sponsorship out there. So, yep. Oh yeah, they're, they're all the same and they're all good. So, <laughs> you know, Man, they're all good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, let's transition now into the cup series. So like the Xfinity series qualifying gets rained out. It was set by the charter team owner points, which I found interesting. I don't know if that's new or not, but that's something that I hadn't heard prior to this probably new with the charter system. Um, so uh, Chase Elliott goes out and wins stage one. Stage two, he also goes out and wins, and he was uh, really, really good on the long run. And uh, he was okay on the short run, too. He was good, but the long run, you could just see that car just came alive, and he had the right strategy. And then that valve stem, something happened where lug nut came out or the gun hit it, and uh, flat tire, and that ruins, uh, ruins his race. And... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about what to do with uh, with that, if they're going to put a guard on it, if they're going to relocate the valve stem. But uh, the the latest I've heard is they're not going to do anything. It doesn't happen that often, to be quite frank with you. Um, so I haven't heard anything anything to do that. And then uh, the late race caution, Joey Logano takes advantage of some pit strategy, doesn't pit, and he wins the race. Uh, quite the interesting end there, Mark. Yeah, he uh, he didn't get the message. He, I believe, he was called to come into the pits, and he didn't get it, so he stayed out. And then uh, they said, well, he kind of said, "Was I supposed to come in?" And they said, "Well, you're now on 25 lap old tires, but clean air was his friend that at the end of that race." I was surprised to see how many drivers actually um, stayed out with the tire wear that was going on. I was surprised to see that many. Um, and then I still thought that there was a possibility of Alex Bowman and Ryan Blaney coming through the field. And that just didn't happen. The, the field stacked up. They actually got some damage back there because they're going three and four wide. And uh, that let Joey get away. 
I never seen so much incidental contact all day long and everybody didn't wipe out. That was a major thing that they were just, everybody was running into everybody and there was a lot of three, four, and even sometimes you'd find five wide, especially after restarts. And uh, wow, if that's the way racing is going to be in the Cup Series this year, there's a lot to look forward to. And uh, saw practice today, um, how they're running at California, and uh, all signs look like it could be the same kind of deal at California. Yeah, so um, some bad news for Daniel Suarez. He has some trouble early. He's had a rough start to the year when you were happy to hear that he, he landed a full-time ride. Before the race even starts, that team has more trouble. Uh, was not good to see. I don't know if that was a transmission problem. They fixed it in two laps and got him back out, but there was smoke coming out of the out of the exhaust pipe, and I thought that was the end of the motor. But uh, they got him back out in two laps, and, uh, well, his day was ruined after that. Yeah. Well, and it didn't help that his team is Toyota because uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but Toyota struggled. And uh, really the only one that really stood out was uh, Martin Truex Jr., who, who did well early but then kind of faded late as well. Um, that was your pick. I had Kyle Busch, and they both uh, – Kyle, I think, cracked the top ten at some point, but uh, – there was no Toyota at the front after the first stage. Those Toyotas did not do very well in dirty air. They were fighting dirty air all day. Uh, even uh, Hamlin went a lap down but got the lucky dog and got back on the lead lap. Um, looking at practice today, I was not impressed with the Toyotas, but they say they've got long, uh, long speed, so... We'll see, but as for the short short runs, uh, the Toyotas need to do some work on that. Yeah, you know, and what was interesting, you mentioned the dirty air. In especially last year, they were qualifying in the mid-teens like they are now, and then they would just come through the field. They focused on downforce, and they would just come through the field and don't dominate. You don't win 19, right? I think it was 19 races without uh, – have some good cards. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, we'll see if it continues, but it was, it was quite surprising. Um, on the plus side, uh, Chevrolet is looking more competitive. Um, and it's always great to see kind of all of them be good at the same time. <clears throat> um, and if a lot of people are asking the question, is Chevy back? I think it's too early for that. You're only two weeks in. You only had one week at a mile and a half where – um, you can really, really dive into it, but uh, it was great to see Chevy have some, have some good cars up there, and uh, hopefully that makes for some good racing between all three of the cars. Well, what I've seen today for practice, I think uh, she, uh, Chevy's got their act together. They are looking so much better than last year. Yep, the Chevy, Chevy's got something to work with this year. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it earlier in the podcasts as well as uh, they redid that nose and maybe uh, uh, some other things, and uh, they're looking quite impressive. Um, speaking of – You know, and then, we, yeah, we didn't touch about on the cup side there, the, the Hamlin and uh, Kyle Busch and Christopher Bell, they all got sent to the back. That kind of screwed their whole day up with dirty air, and they got a 10-point penalty because they were uh, massaging the – the front nose of their car and they got busted for that and so that that was their demise for the whole day that they were fighting uh dirty air from starting in the back yeah and you know um you never like to hear that people are are messing with it or getting penalties but uh you know there's there's a fine line there and you don't win 19 races without uh pushing the limit there and they go just across it and and they had the competition director on the radio one of the days, and he said they just they just didn't like what they saw. So it wasn't egregious, but it was enough to say, hey, we don't like what's going on here, and, and they get sent to the back and, and struggle all day long. Yeah, and then Smithley, he got caught with Bondo in the wheel wells, which was kind of interesting in the 51 car. And uh, uh, Chase Elliott, he uh, failed two times trying to get through uh, something to do with the right door and he lost 15 minutes of practice time today and uh, they talked to him and he could have used another 15 more minutes 
of practice today because uh, he says they don't have that tuned in just right yet. Yeah, I was scrolling Twitter and I saw that they were done with practice because they had to take the penalty. So uh, something to watch there because sometimes you can use that extra time in practice and really dial your car in. So sometimes that's that's important there. Um, it's interesting that it used to be the first 15 minutes, but now they put it at the last 15 minutes. And I guess that's probably more interesting because when you're actually trying to work on something and then all of a sudden, oh, you're done, you know. So I think that's more interesting to take it away at the end of practice instead of at the beginning. I thought the same thing. I thought it, I didn't know they changed that. And also I saw they're done for practice because they have to take the penalty. And I thought the same thing you did. I thought, boy, that could that could uh, change things, you know, because at the first part, okay, you miss, and then you go out and you dial it in, you know how much time you got to dial it in. And I guess you still know what time you got, but, you know, if you're not liking the car, you still got that end to try to go out and make a run, and then you know you don't now. So um, I thought the same Yep, I think, that, I think that bites just a little more that they take it away at the end of the practice. Yep, I, w- I would agree. I could see that uh, being a major factor, actually. Um, so speaking back into the race, um, I was impressed by, uh, Matt Benedetto. He finishes second. What a couple of weeks he's had after, uh, getting booted kind of from the 95 ride at Levine. Uh, he hops in the Wood Brothers and he has two fantastic weeks to start the season. So you can just see the joy coming out of him when they interview him and he finishes second. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. There's another a uh, guy who's had some good runs uh, finishes third, I believe. Um, yep, yep, that's right. Jimmy Johnson had a good run. Uh, Ryan Blaney um, quite possibly could have won that race. Alex Bowman was another guy we were impressed with, but he uh, Bowman was coming. That could have been a very interesting end of the race situation there, but Blaney and Bowman both running really well. Yeah, the 12 had a little bit of damage on the back left side, but uh, there was enough wheel clearance that he didn't have damage. Um, with six to go, and that last caution came out uh, when uh, wasn't that Chastain that lost it in turn two yeah. and in the six car. But uh, it would have been very close. Bowman would have been there. We would have had a, a heck of a race there if that caution would have came up. And then with four to go, then all of a sudden, do you pit or do you not? Um, and then... Uh, what would you do, Lauren? Would you stay out or would you pit? Or would you just do one of those, do the opposite of what the leader does? Yeah, I think that's what you do. If you're not the leader, you kind of do the opposite there because, you know, and sometimes if you're in the back too, you know you're probably not going to finish as bad as where you're running or you finish where you're running anyway. So do, doing something different, I always think, when you're mid-pack. But it's it's tough when you're the first five cars. What do you do? Um if I'm at the back half of the top five, top 10, I might consider doing what the leader doesn't, but that's, that's so tough to, to say, because you know, uh, if you're at the front, you know that uh, people are going to do the opposite of you just to, just to try to do something. So I can't imagine being a driver and crew chief, what you're thinking about that. I know we sim race, but, and we go through this situation all the time, but man, being out there and actually doing it and racing that long, to, to know you're kind of a sitting duck or you don't know how it's going to end up after leading late. Uh, I can't imagine what goes through your head. Yeah, you don't know how many cars are going to stay out, and a lot of them stayed out, and that actually hurt Bowman and, uh, and Blaney, and then Blaney got absolutely pummeled um, once when he was going down the front stretch. It's probably thankful that the race ended when he did because he probably would have blew some tires out uh, trying to come back and uh, – uh, Logano got the white flag before John Hunter Nemechek uh, lost control in turn one, and he was sliding all over the track with cars coming. So the caution flag that was thrown was the proper call. I know a lot of people would like to see that stay green and try to race back to the line, but uh, in that case, that was the right call. Absolutely. You can't uh, leave cars out there and, and not know how the driver's doing when, when cars are coming around uh around the corner high speed to finish the race. I, I have no, no problem with what happened. Some people may, but I, I agree with you. I think that's uh, the only call really. You know, and Jimmy Johnson and Keselowski only took two tires on that last pit stop with two to go. 
And then, uh, yeah, Johnson got a fifth and Keselowski got a seventh on two tires. Um, I was really uh, uh, struck by Harvick and how well he runs on a short run, but he is not so good on a long run. And that's not like uh, Kevin Harvick so far this year. So that'll be interesting to watch from uh, keep uh, going forward. And, and the fall off for Harvick was huge. He would be out there and have a decent-sized lead, and Austin, he would just fall right off uh, the earth and, and, and come right back to the guys. And, and Chase Elliott was kind of the exact opposite of him. He would he would be okay, and then he would, he would drive to the front. So that was, yeah, Harvick, that was interesting to see because – you know, when Harvick take the, takes the lead, oftentimes it's it's hard to get around him, and uh, that was just not the case this week. You know, and also with Truex, when he when he brushed the wall, and those those uh, wheel wells, they don't uh, doesn't take much to move them to uh, get a tire rub, and uh, yeah, Truex is uh, it only lasted like a lap and a half, and then uh, the tire gave out. Um, it's amazing how much them tires and the, how much those wheel wells actually make contact on tires. I think it comes down to if you got a tire rub, you got to come to pit road because you can't chance it out there. Well, and especially if they're having a softer tire too, that uh, that affects things as well. So, um, yeah, there were some uh, some incidents there um, with tires going to be. Uh, either going down or, or Blaney, you mentioned, may have had an issue too because that was uh, that was quite the rub uh, he had there late. Um, the other drivers yeah. that, that looked good, Chastain, looked great in the number six Roush Fenway Racing um, car, filling in for Ryan Newman. And uh, he, he looked good early, and then he made some mistakes, and he was quite hard on himself. He, uh, he didn't know if he'd be welcome back, and uh, Jack says – you're absolutely coming back. We want you to fill in. So good to see him back in the ride this year, uh, this week. And uh, we'll see how he, how he learned from his mistakes and what he does, what he does at auto club. Um, Austin Dillon comes home with a fourth place finish and Bubba Wallace sixth. That's good to see those guys up front as well. Yeah. Did you see that Castro card at that number six car? Sharp looking ride that this week. I saw that come out a few weeks ago. And uh, when I saw them sign on, I thought, oh, those those are always good paint schemes. Castro, I seen him in drag yep. racing with John Force for a long time. Those are always sharp. And, yeah, the six ride looks very sharp. Um, it does. So we'll be, we'll be watching him. Um, the race had 25 lead changes by seven drivers. Joey Logano led five times for 54 laps. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. led three times for 30 laps. And he kind of had an interesting uh, pit strategy going on there that ended up uh, working late for him. Um, Austin Dillon led one time for one lap. Kevin Harvick led 92 laps five times. Um, Ryan Blaney led the race five times for 19 or 17 laps. Truex led one time for one lap. And Chase Elliott, who was kind of the dominating car, led five times for 70 laps. So uh, seven drivers pacing the field there during the course of the race. Yeah, they said also uh, some their crew admitted that the uh, the they did bump that uh, valve stem with uh, with the gun, so the gun bumped the air valve and that's what uh, put the leak in. And otherwise, uh, Elliot was probably fast enough in the long run. If if they um, would have stayed that way, um, he could have quite possibly won that race. Yeah, yeah, and it would have been interesting if the cautions fell the same. You don't know what would have happened. Um, but I think he was good enough on the short run, too, to hold his own, um, but really good on the long run. We've mentioned that a few times now. Um, and now his, his crew chief is all busted up yeah. from, a, from a mountain bike accident. That, yep, Alan. Yeah, he is a, he's, uh, he's an outdoors kind of guy, and I saw that he got busted up in a mountain bike uh, thing. He has some – sounded like major issues, uh, shoulder, clavicle, uh, AC joints, uh I can't yeah, that's that torn. Like, yeah, he tore an AC joint. You know? Yeah, I can't imagine that feels good and trying to call a race while you're in pain. Uh, that'll be tough to do, but he's up for the challenge, and hopefully he uh, he heals quickly and fully and um, if everything goes well with him. You know, every time you hear the mountain bikes, more and more the NASCAR community is getting into, getting into biking, and uh, 
So I was, it was interesting to hear that he was out mountain biking and had an unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like my bike too, man. I can't wait to get back out there. I'm looking at the weather. Maybe I might be able to get back up on my bike. But uh, so it's uh, something else that Alex, uh, uh, after he wiped his bike out, I guess it wasn't being able to drive a ball. He took the skin off his arms and elbows. He had to walk his bike back two and a half miles before he could get some medical attention. And uh, but he was the first one to be left into the gate this morning. So he was the first one in line and his arms in a sling. And he said, what can you do about it now? It's done and over with. And uh, he's ready to face the weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, wiping one on a bike is uh, <laughs> can uh, do some damage to you. So good luck to him uh, on his recovery there. Yeah, I didn't hear about the, the walk back. I just saw a quick headline and read real quickly. But uh, man, I can't imagine being injured and, and having to do that on top of it. But that just shows the shape and the dedication that these guys have to, to do anything uh, by any means necessary in life or in racing. So, um, yeah. You know, um, the race had nine cautions for 37 laps. The time of the race was two hours, 58 minutes and 11 seconds. And I was kind of surprised it got to be almost three hours because it just seemed to fly by. And even Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy mentioned it. It was just, it was just flying by there. So I was surprised to kind of see it took that long. You know, that two team, uh, two guys announcing Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon, I, I think that's working out really well. They, they work together very well. Yes, they do. And so, uh, yep, I, uh, I enjoy their, their commentary. They do a good job. I think so, too. And I, I like both presentations by NBC and Fox. Um, a lot of people are commenting about the Fox stuff uh, going on. It's been more negative, but I, I agree. I'm more on the positive side. I like what they're doing there. Um, so I hope they keep going. Um, post-race penalties, Kyle Larson, surprising, loose lug nut again. So we had uh, three teams over the weekend that got cost with a loose lug nut. Uh, small fine there to the crew chief, and uh, they move on. Yeah, loose lug nuts are everywhere. Just as long as it's one, it isn't too bad. I, I should look it up and really see what the – I know it's a lot more severe if there's two or three loose, but if it's one, it's just a small fine and – the, the crew chief gets fined for that. So I think it's 10,000 at the upper levels and 5,000 at the, at the lower in the trucks and maybe even Xfinity. Um, but, uh, what 10,000, I mean, hell 10,000 is 10,000. You don't want to be losing that if you're. Yeah, that goes, that goes to the, uh, to the party afterwards, you know, <laughs> to the banquet that, that pays for the banquet party afterwards. So the year so, um, but overall small when you're talking uh, the whole NASCAR and the whole business. Um, so who, so who are you taking for the cup race on Sunday? Yeah, so the defending champion is Kyle Busch. He dominated the last time they were there leading 134 laps of 200. I am taking Kyle Larson. I'm liking what I see from the Chevrolet camp. And it's kind of a track that you got to slip around, search a little bit, ride high. And that's a track that uh, Kyle is, is good at. So I go with Kyle Larson. Um, who do you have? You know, I'm even going to stick with a Chevy, but I'm going to see, uh, I seen somebody today that is just absolutely dominating. He's a quarter second faster than anybody in both practices. And that would be Alex Bowman. He looks like a rocket, and that's who I am going to pick this weekend. Oh, you did the switch on me. When we talked a few days ago, you were going with Kyle Busch, so you make that switch to, to Alex Bowman. Um, yeah, that's a guy that, you know, he's also in a contract here, so he needs to he needs to perform too. So he's been looking good as of late, and I could easily see him getting it done as well. I didn't see anything from the Toyotas in the practice. Um, Christopher Bell laid a fast lap right off the bat on the second uh, on the second practice, and it held to a top five. But uh, everybody else was struggling. I didn't see much from Hamlin. Uh, Kyle Busch he went into turn three and he brushed the wall and uh, he did some significant damage to the right rear well. Um, they said he could go back out and practice, probably one pass inspection, but he went back out and uh, turned some more laps. But he had he had damage on that. He drove it in in uh, 
turn three a little hard, and he uh, he put it in the in the fence a little bit there, so mm-hmm. he had damage. All right, not the way you want to start the weekend if you're Kyle Busch and the Toyota camp was struggling last weekend. But, uh, you know, I never want to count them guys out either. We've seen it so many times where people have and they and they come back and they dominate the race. So never know what can happen. It's interesting to see what's going on lately and, and in the practice, seeing what's going on. But uh, we'll see what happens on, on Sunday for these guys. A um, couple of news items for the Cup Series. Uh, there's going to be – um, some Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant tributes. Um, of course, they're racing at Auto Club in California, so that's um, not too far from um, where Kobe kind of made his name as a L.A. Laker. Um, Daniel Suarez is going with uh, purple and gold gloves and shoes. Um, the 24 of William Byron is going with a nice paint scheme. Of course, William Byron is number 24. Kobe Bryant was 24 at the end of his career. Um, started out with number eight, but he switched to 24. So they go with the purple and gold paint scheme. And the and the paint scheme that stood out to me was Ryan Blaney. And he's sponsored by Body Armor, who Kobe Bryant was a major um, stockholder in. Um, and they go with uh, purple and gold scheme, but it's almost looks like a snake skin. And of course, Kobe Bryant was the black mamba, which is a, a deadly snake. So um that was a that that one stood out to me. I saw that. And I thought, wow, that that is sharp. And uh, if it wasn't for Alex Bowman, that would be the second car that is the fastest out there. He was putting moves on Kazalowski, high, low, and every time he was doing moves, he was he was much faster than Kazalowski. He looked very sharp today. And then uh, third fastest on the second was um, Bubba Wallace. Yeah. He laid down a, a good lap, and uh, he's putting that all to his new crew chief, and he's uh, quite happy, and it's uh, something to keep an eye on. That 43 car just might be coming around. Uh, we'll see. Um, I'm optimistic about him uh, having a good run. Well, and speaking of Bubba Wallace, real quick, on um, the first one we did, we spoke about all the changes going on, and I pointed out Jerry Baxter as the crew chief because he's well-respected in the racing community. He did well in the truck series and uh, he teamed up with Bubba Wallace there and some other drivers. And I was excited to see what Jerry could bring to the 43 team and it's, it's paying off so far. So mentioning the crew chief, I think is huge there. Yeah, you can see it. You can see that that car was so much faster today. So it was worth sitting down and watching a little practice today. And um, they got that big speedometer in the billboards in turn one and watching them go into the corner over 195, 198 all, uh, all day. So <laughs> it's kind of amazing when you see this big billboard that tells them how fast they're going in the turn. Yeah, they're, uh, they're hauling there. And um, the other tribute that's coming down is uh, actually Auto Club Speedway is going to have uh, a painting in the middle for Kobe. Um, so, uh, of course, that was a tragedy that uh, was about a month ago. And uh, it was sad to see, you know, you never think, um, it's always sad when someone passed away, but you never think someone that's that huge globally is going to go, especially the way he did. So uh, some nice tributes coming down from the NASCAR community. For, uh, and, you know, and, and that might just take the whole L.A. area and that might just absolutely um, fill the place up. That place might be packed this weekend. Yep. You know, if they're doing all this stuff for Kobe, so that that's going to help the racing. Yep. Too. And you know, for the younger generation and, and even my generation in there. We didn't get to see Michael Jordan play all that long. So Kobe Bryant was kind of the Michael Jordan for us. So um, there's a lot of people our age in, in racing that really respected him. And they're, he was the superstar for the sport for the longest time. So um, that's that's good that a lot of these tributes are coming down. And, and I can understand why. Um, other, yep, absolutely. Some other interesting news: uh, William Byron is testing the uh, or to test the next gen car at Auto Club. Um, so that's that's happening uh, again. I don't know when that's happening, but that was in the news that he's going to be the one to do that. Um, the other exciting thing that's happening is TV ratings are up, which is which is great. You know, that's been the talk about everyone. Um, and it seems to hit the NASCAR world a lot more. I hear people say, oh, no one watches racing anymore. No one watches NASCAR. And for the TV ratings to be up, um, I think what attributes to that is the good racing and the good media coverage. And uh, I think it's going to continue, and I hope it does, because uh, you hear some of these ratings up 8%, 7%. 
which is uh, which is great when you're on that upward trend. Yeah, it's not just by a little bit. It's a whole bunch that a lot of people are watching. You know, I mean, I mean, well, people are a lot of interested maybe when they watch Ryan Newman go uh, having his bad record, you know, and that, that made the world news and that kind of, you know, hey, what's going on in the world of racing, you know, so it's got people interested even though it was a bad incident there. But it's it's exposure and uh, the the racing at Vegas was just I it don't get much better than that. Let's just hope that they just keep it going like this, and uh, yeah, we'll fill the fan fill the stands and uh, and uh, keep on going. Yeah, if you didn't like the racing uh, that's going on, I don't know what to tell you because it's it's gotten better and better. And last week was uh, microcosm of what's going on, but it just it it just shows what NASCAR is trying to do and things are working and. And the upper management is very involved. You see Jim France at the track every week again, so they're involved. So there's just a lot of positive things going on with NASCAR right now, which is which is awesome because it was so negative in the prior years, um, especially as of late. And I can't tell you how many times I hear some good things and good comments and positive things from even callers calling in, which uh, sometimes can be a hard thing. So uh, – it's it's exciting to see. I yeah, back to the level it was. Yeah, it's pointing in the right direction. So, yep. The last set. thing so, I have yeah. here is the thing that came out is NASCAR is considering mm-hmm. one-year contracts for uh, tracks. So that attributes to what they want to do with the schedule. They want to make it flexible. So we'll see if that actually happens. That's just a rumor right now. So um, you could see could see that happen. I don't know how the tracks would feel about that, but. Uh, Something that NASCAR wants to continue to look into is making the schedule difference and having things that uh, race fans are enjoying. So um, I'm hearing a lot of you're going to see a lot um, or more, at least short tracks and road courses. That's uh, the schedule is set to be released at uh, in April, I believe, or late March. Um, they had Jordan Bianchi on from The Athletic on uh, Sirius XM Channel 90 NASCAR. And he said he's hearing that, so he's hearing these things. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm always for mixing the schedule around. I've always been a, um, a way of doing that. I've always thought that, you know, they should kind of like set it up like the Olympics and even look two years down the road where you can, uh, like, let's say, you switch the schedule around, but you put it out two years in advance. So somebody that does pick vacations or whatever, where they want to go, that they can actually set it up where they say, Hey, you know, we can, we can be on vacation and, and there'd be time that they'd be able to uh, look forward to going to that. But I'm uh, always been a fan of uh, um, having the championship round somewhere else this year. It's at Phoenix. I mean, it can't get much more exciting than that than having it at Homestead every year. Yeah. I'm all for the schedule getting switched around and uh, I'm, I'm always been a fan of that. So I'm excited. Yep, about that. I think, uh, I think that'll be a good thing too. And, and, NASCAR is really doing what the fans want. Um, and I think, uh, I think the drivers see it too. Sometimes they don't agree, but I think a lot of times when the drivers don't agree, that's kind of good for the sport and good for the fans. So it's, it's a tough balance, but, uh, yep, we'll see what happens here. And, uh, um, I think we'll end it there. So thank you for listening as always to loose lugs presented by double L sports network. Um, Mark will, uh, have a fun weekend of watching racing here and then, uh, we'll get together again next week. Yeah, Saturday looks good tomorrow for the weather there. Sunday, uh, they dropped it to 40%. It's supposed to be really cool there. Uh, green flag is at 2.30 on Sunday. Um, well, we'll stick with it. We'll see what happens. Uh, otherwise, I'm off on Monday, so I'll be able to watch it live one way or another. So, yeah, there's still some racing on this weekend, so we'll make it happen. And so, yeah, you have yourself a good weekend, too. Yep, there, you buddy. too, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Yep, see you. Bye.